ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, our sixth episode of the Love Does podcast. And last week was our, uh, uh, what do we call it? The penultimate. Penultimate, yes, yes thank right. you. And this is our ultimate episode. This is the last episode uh, of us going over Bob Goff's book, Love Does. Mm. We have six, no, yes, six chapters to review in this one, because if we did five, then we'd have a super short <laughs> last episode next week being like, okay, here's mm-hmm. a one chapter for you. Uh, yeah, we have the last six chapters, chapters 26 to 31, and then we're done. Then we're done. Then we're done the book. You know what is exciting about this episode? What's that? We can officially add Love Does to our Goodreads oh, list. Oh, true. Now, I was going in to add it just now. And I'm adding it to my, because I, I do like a different list for every year. Yeah. And uh, I, I have it on two lists now. The first was in 2013. Wow, nice. So that's, that's what? a long time ago. Nine years ago, I read it for the Very first time. Very long time ago. Now it's going in red 2022. My 10th book of the year, everybody. Look at that. Thank you so much. Thank you. There you go. All righty. Should we jump right in? Let's do it. All right, chapter 26 is called Jailbreak, and it's about Bob and a couple of his buddies go to Uganda, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot of, like, civil war and injustice that is uh, going on there when Bob wrote this book, Mm -hmm. and especially, like, a lot of, like, kids in prison for uh, um, reasons that they wouldn't necessarily be in prison here for, or they're in prison for a lot longer then they would, like, they're in prison for, like, two or three years for petty theft and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's just because, like, the judicial system over there is kind of d- destroyed because of this civil war, essentially. And so uh, they start going over there, and there's there's one quote in here that kind of struck me, and it's uh, Bob is saying that we started briefing those cases that hadn't been heard and began preparing them for trial. We hadn't been asked to brief the cases, of course. We just kind of assumed that we could. And he says, that's one of the things about love. It always assumes it can find a way to express itself. It doesn't like, doesn't ask questions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ask for permission. It just assumes that it can sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. This is, this is like one of those chapters where, not to say like Bob doesn't get real, because obviously like every every chapter is about something different, but... I think I think this is like a huge passion of his, and I think we talk. I think we'll talk a little bit about it again in a in another chapter before we finish off the book. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's just a it's like a a dark thing that that he is experiencing, but he has a way to like lighten things up, right? Yep. And it's kind of neat to see again, like when we're talking about this concept of love does, even though this is like a big issue. Like, it's still ongoing today, this mm-hmm. conflict in northern Uganda. And Bob is still working to better better the lives of people. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But, yeah. yeah, it's a good chapter. It's, again, like a, a, a tough chapter to think about, like the realities that some of these kids are facing. Yeah. But, but it's good to think about and, again, to see how love does. It is. Mm-hmm. And there was a, there's another quote here in later in the chapter, he's kind of talking about one of his buddies was, uh, he was praying for, for a guy in mm, this, in this yeah. jail. And, uh, he, he prayed that like he, he would get out of jail and be able to like live his life. But then he came back to Bob and he's like, I kind of feel bad for praying that he would get out of jail because like he, he was in for like some pretty serious stuff. Yeah. And so I think he, he was in for like a long time. Mm-hmm. And so, 
like he it, it didn't look like he was going to get out so he's like should i not have prayed for him to get out because is that just giving him like false hope and so the quote he uh he said in it we talked about, we are, we're starting to talk about this on uh, Sunday morning mm-hmm. with the idea of prayer. But he says, uh, what I've learned the more time I've spent following Jesus is that God delights in answering our impossible prayers. The kind of prayers made in the dark cell by someone holding unwashed hands. And I kind of just wrote down, I don't think like, I don't think God audits our prayers. Right. Like, I don't th- think he's sitting there with like a stack of paper and he's been like, eh, that one's too hard. That one's too easy. Th- yeah. This guy didn't use grammar. This guy, what, like, he doesn't even know <laughs> what he's talking about. Like, I think he just like takes every everybody's prayers. He looks at them the same. He appreciates them the same. And he like, he listens to them. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. I So we're going to be talking about this on, well, we're, we're recording this on Thursday for next Thursday. Yeah. And on Wednesday night, we were in the second week of our Ruth series uh, at Youth on on Wednesday. And one of the things that we're talking about this week is the fact that, like, you know how sometimes we ask or we're praying for things, and then and then we can actually, like, kind of help to answer our own prayers. Yep. And I know that kind of sounds strange because it's God who's doing the work. But it's like if I were, if, if you needed, you were really cold, and I prayed for you to say, like, you know, God, God, bring Cody warmth. Mm-hmm. I could be the one to, to help provide that for you, right? Obviously, it's like God giving me the tools to do that. Yeah. But I could bring you a sweater. I could bring you a heater, right? That type of thing. Yeah. And so it's interesting because, again, like in this case with this kid, Kevin, in jail, like both, I think it's Charlie, right? The yeah. friend's name and Bob, like they're, they're, praying these big big prayers but then they're part of the solution like they're being a part of god's work yeah to get this kid out of jail right so yeah. it's really interesting and yeah like like josh said it turns out at the end of the chapter after going through all the trials and stuff it it ended up being that uh, kevin the guy they were praying for mm-hmm. was actually able to get out of jail and because they prayed those impossible prayers with him he, he never ended up going back to jail which yeah. is something that was really cool i think it's awesome so uh, the next chapter, chapter 27. Are, are you good with chapter 26? Yep. Excellent. All right. So uh, chapter 27 is titled The Story, and it's about a sailboat. And I love a good chapter about a sailboat. It's so good. I've never really been interested in, like, boats and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, reading this chapter, I'm like, man, I want to go buy yeah, a sailboat let's do now. It. Let's buy a youth <laughs> sailboat. Um, so Bob and his son, Adam. His son, Adam, wants to buy this boat. And he finds it on Craigslist, which is, like, Kijiji. Yeah. And he sees a really, it's like a really cheap price. And he goes to talk to this guy like about suspiciously selling. Yeah, cheap. Yeah. And so he goes to talk to this guy. And basically what the guy says is like, my time with this boat is done. But I, I want the person who buys it to like keep the story going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's so many. So this guy sh- is sharing all these stories about these trips that he's been on on this boat. And he just wants that to continue. And Bob's kid, Adam, is like all about that. That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because Bob Bob loves the idea of stories, but he's always writing them down. Like he yeah. made it a, an important part of his life to like constantly be writing down these memories that he's had over his life. And so when Bob is talking to his kid about like the boat, his, his son is like, I'm going to name it the story. Right? Like, that's going to be the name of the boat. Great name, by the way. Yeah, it's an awesome name for a boat. And uh, and so Bob says, like, you know, have you ever thought about writing down all the memories that you're going to make on this boat? And Adam says this, which I thought was, like, profound. 
Well, you know, Dad, I've thought about that too. Nothing personal, but I realize that right now I'm doing things that other people seem to think as memories someday. It seems like memories are what older people have when they think back about being my age, when they could actually do something about them. Mm. So I think that what I'll do instead of writing things down now is just do lots of things. And then maybe when I'm done the cool things, I'll write them down later. Yeah. I love that. Like the idea of being present, right, in what we do. This is like, you know, the balance, right? As a, so as a, a dad with young kids, there's a balance all the time of like, you know, do you want to live behind the camera? Right? Yeah. Do you want to be taking photos of your young kids or do you just like want to be with them? Mm-hmm. And again, like Adam's kind of saying there at the end, there's a balance because you want to remember those things. I want to remember, I want to have visual memories of what it was like with my daughter when she's, you know, 19 months and what my kid, my, my boy's like at five years old, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like, how do we find a balance between being present and uh, and being a part of things? Yeah, totally. All righty. Chapter 28 is called Skin in the Game. And it's about uh, how in high school, Bob was uh, Bob was a bigger kid. He was He's always been tall. Mm-hmm. But there was this other big kid that, uh, that was, he was a bully. And he bullied people pretty much just because they were smaller than him and they couldn't fight back, essentially. And so Bob always having kind of like this uh, this need for justice, he gets in a fight with this kid named Dale. Dale is the bully, and like this is an awesome chapter, by the way. Like they get <laughs> yeah. in this they get in this huge big fist fight, and like they're both super bloody, and like Dale gets a bunch of blood on him, and and he Bob says in the chapter like most of the blood is Bob's. Like <laughs> yeah. Bob is just kind of it sounds like he's just getting beat up, but it looks like Dale is also getting beat up, and so Bob declares himself the winner because. Dale has all the blood on him, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... Um, so good. Yeah, so the tie-in to this chapter is, like, um, using, using like, love as a weapon, mm-hmm. almost. And so uh, one of the quotes that I uh, highlighted is it says, The Bible said the only weapon uh, any of us really has is love. But it's love like a sword without a handle, and because of that, sometimes we'll get cut when we pick it up by... Th- by the like the sharp part of the sword, uh, it's supposed to be close contact though. Love is always that way. I don't think Bible verses were meant to be thrown uh, thrown like grenades at each other. They were meant for us to point each other toward love and grace and invite us into something much bigger. And he th- this ties in the whole Bible verse thing ties in because he said when he when he got uh, <clears throat> when he graduated law school he he made this like thing where Christians could come and like settle their disputes Mm -hmm. and so these two guys come and they're like they're arguing with each other and like they're throwing like bible verses at each other and all this stuff trying to prove each other wrong and Bob's like I'm sick of this you guys should just get into a ring uh, like a boxing ring and literally fight to settle your dispute (laughs) and so like when it said in the quote like um bible verses were meant to be thrown uh we're meant to be thrown like hand grenades at each other. Uh, or sorry, I don't think Bible verses mm-hmm. were meant to be thrown like uh, hand grenades at each other. That's how kind of how it ties back there. But yeah, I like that idea of like sometimes you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Like the love is like a sword without a handle. And because of that sometimes we'll get cut when we pick it up. Mm-hmm. But like it's just something that happens sometimes when you love. Yeah. I saw a tweet from a guy the other day that was talking about how he had just read the Bible during the 40 days of Lent. Mm. And it's like, I think he said it's like the seventh time he wrote, uh, read the read. entire Bible. Yep. Yep. And he he's a pastor, I think, from the state somewhere. Anyways, 
But he was saying, like, he couldn't get over how many references to, like, the poor, the needy, the widow, the or- orphan, right? Like, there's all these references. And, and there was an interesting quote from this chapter that I wanted to share. Um, he was, again, talking about, like, why he was so, he's so quick to fight, right? And I, I got to be honest, I don't love, like, fighting imagery, yep. you know? Like, that's just my personality. I'm, I'm, I have a hard time with conflict, especially, like, physical conflict. Mm-hmm. But I get what he's saying, right? So here, here's what he says at, at kind of the, near the end of the chapter. He says, I want to pick a fight because I want someone else's suffering to matter more than me, mm. which I think is huge. I want to slug it out where I can make, make a meaningful difference. God says he wants us to battle injustice, to look out for orphans and widows and, and to give sacrificially. And I think this is huge. Yep. Um, again, like for me, it's like I, <laughs> I, I connect more with, with like anti-conflict, but... Mm. That doesn't like, and again, I think that's probably his point, right? Like, it does, conflict doesn't have to be like physical conflict. It's, it's about like standing up for others, right? Yeah. And how how do we do that? So, yeah, great chapter. Yeah. All right. So in chapter twenty nine, I think what do we have now? Three three chapters left here, Cody. Yep. So, uh, three chapters. Right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So chapter twenty nine is called memorizing Jesus. Oh, and this is a very interesting chapter, it Cody. Is. This is like probably the one chapter that I read and I was like, I don't know, Bob, you know? And, yeah. and again, like it's one of those things, like I said with the last chapter, I get where he's going, but he's talking about how like when, with like when we get to know one another, it's, we don't just like memorize facts about one another, mm-hmm. right? So when I, when I want to become a better friend to Cody, I'm not just like memorizing things about Cody. He's this tall. He likes to wear this. He, you know, this is his favorite this. Um, it's more so that I spend time with Cody and that's how we're going to become better friends. Right. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately that's what he's saying in this chapter. Like that's it to summarize it. That's, you know, he's talking about how, uh, when, when it comes to our relationship with God, we don't just need to be like, like he would say, you know, like a Bible study, he references a Bible study. And sometimes when we have a Bible study, all we're doing is getting to know facts about Jesus. Yeah rather than like actually doing something about what we know about Jesus. Yeah. And and again, like I get what he's saying, but I'm I'm actually very passionate about scripture, mm. right? And very passionate about the way that theology, like our study of God and our understanding of scripture, how it helps us to navigate the world mm. better. Yeah. You know? Totally. And again, I I don't think that he's saying it's kind of one thing but i do i do think there's an element of like prioritization over action which i think that's one of the dangers we get into when it comes to theology and bible study that sometimes we forget that we it is important very very important to act on what we're learning yeah but to me it's like i actually do want to to get to know god like you know there are different ways to get to go know god prayer right you know, our, our relationship with one another as Christians that helps us to get to know God. But one of the major sources is the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And so again, I, I see what he's saying, but I do think, uh, you know, like one of the quotes he said, what's up with equating Bible study with knowing God anyways? Wouldn't it be a horrible thing if we studied the ones we loved instead of bonding in deeper ways by doing things with them? And my, my argument would be that when we we do study the Bible, especially as a community, we're getting to know God and bonding with him in deeper ways. Yeah. That's my argument. Tell me I'm wrong, Cody. I, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I actually agree with you. 
I think the the chapter is um, uh, it's it's more of like I I don't necessarily he. Th- I don't necessarily think that he's saying like studying the Bible is, is wrong. Totally, I, I I totally agree with you there. I like there's a there's a I, yeah. I just think he's saying that a lot of people and it's easy for a lot of people to get uh, caught up in like just being obsessed with with knowing every single tiny little detail about like the Greek name for this right, and like right. what kind of cups would have they used at the mm-hmm. Passover table and like stuff yeah. like that. Right. And so I, and he call and he's, he's telling us to kind of like, there, there's a quote here and it says, uh, Jesus said that unless you know him like a child, you'll never really know him at all. Kids don't care about facts and they certainly don't study each other. They're just with each other. They do stuff together. That's what Jesus had in mind. So yeah. like, I, I, I don't think he's, necessarily saying like don't study the bible mm-hmm. yeah i don't no, i wouldn't rec- sure. recommend that to yeah, anybody yeah but like i i think he's just kind of saying like don't get caught up in it yeah like make sure you're doing mm-hmm. as well as studying totally. and learning and all that totally. stuff i think and and maybe it's just like my personality right but you know <laughs> i like your example of the cup at the passover <laughs> cup you know like to me when we understand like i want everybody to take courses in Hebrew and, mm. and in like interpreting the Bible, right? Things like that. Because I think there's like a depth to scripture that we miss when we just read it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why yeah. I encourage Bible study and, t- and stuff like that. But again, like to Bob's point, like for, and, and this is again, my personality. When I, when I explore the depth of scripture, it gets me excited and pushes me towards action. Yeah in my relationships with my mm. friends and my neighbors and my community, right? Those yeah. types of things. And yeah, like I'm not going up to my neighbors and being like, let me tell you about the, <laughs> the, the, the cup, right? You know, yeah. but it's more so like that, that enriches my understanding of scripture, enriches my relationship with God that then to see how that fits mm-hmm. in with like within a nuance within my relationships. Yeah. So yeah, it's an inter- inter- interesting chapter for sure. But like you're saying, like Bob's saying, it has to result in action mm-hmm. because if we just stay within the walls of the church, that's not what God intended. Yeah. Right. There's something I want to add just really quick, Let's kind of a it. similar idea Let's of like it. with you and your neighbors. Yeah. That's kind of how I like see like leading a small group is mm-hmm. I'll, obviously I'm going out there each Wednesday night and hanging out with my guys. That's kind of doing, but at the same time, I, I want to be able to read and study so that I, when, when one of my boys comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I have this question about the Bible. I don't want to be like, I don't know the answer to that, but hey, let's go do something. Totally. Like, you know, and like doing things is great, but I want to be able to answer those questions. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yes, very good chapter. Mm-hmm. Invokes a lot of thought. Yes. All right. So, the next chapter is called Palms Up. It's chapter 30, and it's a really, really short chapter, two or three pages long only, but it's all about how uh, he's, I think we've said this before, he's a lawyer, and he tells his clients that whenever they're being questioned by the, the opposition, he tells them to always put their their hands on their knees and face their palms up because it's a, like a very vulnerable vulnerable position, and he finds that it 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 kind of like calms people down mm-hmm. and they don't they don't get defensive and when you get defensive you start lying and you start getting nervous and all this stuff, so he just kind of um, finds that it, it calms people down basically and I uh, there's it's a little bit of a longer quote but I I think it kind of. Uh, sums up the chapter really well, and it says, I learned this technique from Jesus, actually. 
I used to ro- walk around with my fists clenched, defensive, afraid that people were going to take advantage of me. There are also many there are also many evils in the world that caused me to clench my fists. I wanted to be angry and swing at the horrible things people do to one another, especially the things done to kids. But it was Jesus who taught me that there is nothing I could really lose if I had him. He taught me to be palms up like he was. Palms up meaning you have nothing to hide, nothing to gain, and nothing to lose. Palms up means that you are strong enough to be vulnerable even with your enemies, even when you have been tremendously wronged. Jesus mm-hmm. was palms up all the way to the end, and I thought that was really good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good chapter. I like again, short, sweet, yeah. but uh, but it's it's you know, yeah, like thinking about the character of Jesus. That's the way that he was. Yeah. All right, we've got one more chapter, Cody. The last chapter. Are you ready to end this journey? So ready. So, <laughs> so ready. Let's finish it. Not like uh, that ready. No, but <laughs> not yet. So uh, the last chapter is called Two Bunk John, and it's talking about this guy named John, who is actually a student of Bob's at business school, or like a, like business, a, a, he was teaching business law, and John was a student of his in this class. And he, John, or John and some of his buddies invite Professor Bob over to, talk about like their future like what is it that they're going to do with their lives and basically bob like this was an invitation for bob he said like i challenge you to uh i think he said like spin a globe and just stick your finger on the globe and see where it takes you and just go you know Mm -hmm. and and he and he says if you don't do that why not go to uganda and so john basically says all right like that's you know that it it struck a chord with him Mm -hmm. uh and he he ended up choosing to go to uganda and again like we talked about in uh second chapter i think we talked about this episode like a lot of conflict going on in northern uganda there's a like a really horrible leader named joseph coney who has started this this thing called the lord's um, resistance army which is just like they do horrible things to people and like, yeah, a lot of atrocities in that yeah. area of the world. And one of the, like the, the people who are most affected are children in Northern Uganda and, mm-hmm. and like thousands and thousands of kids being taken from their homes and, and again, horrible things happening to them. And so Bob has taken it upon himself. Like he's been at this work for a long time now where he is basically like, giving those kids a second chance at life, right? And, mm-hmm. and teaching them. And, uh, and so he, he started this, this organization called Restore Leadership Academy. So along this journey at some point, John realizes like how meaningful it could be for a lot of these kids who, who many of them don't have homes mm-hmm. to find, like to, just to stay overnight at school, for it to become a boarding school. And... Bob had said, like, that's not going to happen. He had, he had seen this, like, Oprah thing. She started a school, and it was just really, it was a lot of, caused a lot of trouble. It was really challenging. And so Bob was just, he was adamant that they were not going to be a boarding school. Mm. And so over and over, and, but, but John just kept getting at it. And he just kept saying, like, get me two bunks, Bob. All yeah. I need is two bunks. And eventually, like, you know, however much, however later, they've got like 250 kids leaving because Bob like gave in to the two bunks, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, uh, and so it was just this like really interesting chapter, like uh, talking about resilience, right? Talking about like pushing, pushing the envelope a little bit. And again, like this whole book, it's kind of a nice way to wrap up the, the book because it's constantly talking about like go- going out of your comfort zone, mm. doing things and, and putting yourself into action. And John would not let that go. Yeah. Right. 
Anything to add to that? Uh, no, I think you summed it up pretty well. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, this is a good book, but it, yeah. it comes down to, like we talked about, action, right? Yeah. We cannot allow our faith just to be dormant, just to kind of sit there. We have to do something about it. And yeah, um, yeah I, like as a final encouragement, just if, if you're trying to figure out what it is that you're meant to do, Look at the things that you're good at. Look mm. at your skills and your talents, your abilities, and find ways, figure out how those things translate into service, right? Yeah. If you're good at sports, like, is there, is there a camp that you can help with? Can you coach, coach a kid's team, right? Things like that. If you're, if you're good at music, like, can you be playing on a Sunday morning from the stage, helping lead other Wednesday people night. into worship Wednesday nights? Like there's, you know, those are, those are kind of like the, the traditional ones. But if you're, if you're good at math, like, can you help tutor kids who need tutoring, right? Like there's all sorts of ways that we can serve. We just need to be actively looking for those things to do. Mm. So, yeah. What yeah. do you want to have the last word here, Cody? Uh, thank you guys for coming along on our journey of, what was it? Five weeks, six, six weeks, yeah. six weeks. Yeah. Of, uh, us reading along with you guys, hopefully the, Love Does by Bob Goff. Uh, hope you guys all enjoyed. I know Josh and I definitely did. It's uh, like Josh was just saying, it's a great read, great message. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a really like fun read. Yeah. Really easy, fun read. So yeah, I would highly recommend if you haven't read it already, pick it up, read it. It's great. Absolutely. All righty. Right. Well, we will see you guys next Monday for our regular uh, podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Cody.